Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm Monica and this week I have something really exciting happening on my YouTube channel. I am starting a podcast. This is my very first podcast and I have an amazing show planned this week and throughout chapter one of my podcast. This week I have a very special guest, but before I introduce her, I'm going to tell you what you can expect on my podcast. I want to be talking, my podcast is called Queer Cultured. You can find it by going to queercultured.com. And I'm going to be talking about the queer experience, the trans experience, queer history, some of the obstacles, the good, the bad, and the ugly that we face as queer people, as trans people, as LGBT people. And maybe in the future, I'll go beyond that. And this podcast will also be available on Spotify. But without any further ado, I have my very first guest for season one, Miss Mika Beth, and I will switch your camera now. Hello. Hi. How are Hi. you doing? Did I oh, pronounce I'm your good. name? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Me did too. I, did I I'm pronounce so your name excited. properly? Just don't want to yeah. stutter. Okay. No, did it's you funny because wanna... a lot of people call me Micah. And a lot of people call me Mika, but the proper pronunciation is Mika. So thank you. <laughs> yes. And how do you introduce yourself to other people? Pronouns? Is there so any... uh, my name is Mika Beth. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a transgender woman. I'm uh, on video call from you. Uh, I'm on video call right now from Hawaii. It's where I live. <laughs> yes, we have about a five hour time zone difference. So thank you so much yeah. for being able to accommodate your schedule to be here. I know when no problem. I know we've talked about this. I've been talking to you about having a podcast for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. And originally it was going to be called Eminem Podcast. I don't know if you remember that because. Yeah. Why was there the other M? Because. Monica is my first name and you're Mika. So I wanted to do oh, it yeah, with yes, you, yes. <laughs> but like timing, scheduling, and I was like, I'm just going to go solo, start this podcast. So I'm excited that you're here on the very first episode. Very I'm so excited. grateful. Thank you for having me. And I thank you. So Mika, I've known for about a year, I think, in like digital spaces. And when I was saying that like this is finally happening, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning for me. And you're like, I'm going to be coming home from work now. And like, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there. Like, you need me. Like, let's film it right now. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not ready yet. I know. Like, I, I just love that. Done, like a 15 hour work day. And you were like, oh, let's do this podcast. And in my head, like, I'm exhausted. Right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come home and I'll just like slap on a little something. And <laughs> We'll yeah, I'm so glad that we decided to do it a different day. <laughs> I was like, I just love how like energetic and excited you were for something that I think has so yeah. much value and so much. I like reach. love everything you do online. I I'm a secret stalker. I watch yes. all the videos online. Um, I'm like always like watching your videos, and then if I see you post a new one, I'll put it on while I'm like doing stuff, cleaning the house. It's great content. You guys, and are if lucky you're a to secret stalker, like quit. this video, listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> Yes. So I was really excited because like a lot of queer people, a lot of trans people, we're never in the media for doing good things. 
And there's always a lot of struggle. We always have an upward fight for doing what we want to do. And like, we have a history behind doing that. Yes. And I did a video on this on my YouTube channel six months ago on activism. And I do believe that digital activism is really valid. And you also did something really interesting. I think it was, was it last January? I'm losing, no, maybe it was a bit, maybe it was last April. I'm losing my time frame. I'm trying to remember. Are you talking about the trans tag protest at Twitch? At yes. Twitter? Yes. Yes. I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't remember when I went. Um, I think it was last year, probably early last year, for sure. Um, most, or maybe even at the end of 2020. Ooh, I thought it was I like... I think I was interviewed for Dexterdo article. I think that was like last January, February. So maybe it was last March, but that was like really good. Has that been something that's always been a part of who you are is like activism or is that, was it just like a fluke? No. So I love, I've always been kind of an activist. I definitely like speak my mind on online platforms uh, the most that I can. I've been pretty much falling off, like, all online social medias in the past, like, mm, seven months, eight months, just because a lot has changed in my life. I moved from California in the Bay Area to Hawaii very recently, so... Aloha! I've been, aloha, bestie! Yeah, <laughs> um, I've been trying really hard to just kind of, like, uh, um, acclimate to this lifestyle here, and it's been kind of tumultuous. For sure, but it's definitely like a, a wonderful, life-changing thing. So my activism has kind of like gone. Well, that's I haven't really been doing as much, but well, that's fair. That's valid. It's something that like I think it's nice to say that you've done something that can change the lives of other people in a positive way. Yeah. Well, the way that I look at it is, especially with like LGBTQ IA um, rights and trans rights and everything like that. The Activism is just like so important because, you know, we've obviously we've had a very like tumultuous past, yeah. just like as our community has. And it's like really nice to be able to like actually like when you grow up to do something about it and to actually like start like working towards like towards a goal in the community. Even if our community can be toxic at times, which it's, is it, it can be, it. and it's understandable how toxic our trans community can be, is because we're always fighting, and you have very little room to be excited and happy and appreciate the things you have because at a second's notice they can be taken from you, yeah. from me. And but so this, tr oh sorry, yeah, I'll continue. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to talk about the trans tag protest, how it all came about. Yes, I'd love so, to. I um, would love to hear that. Yeah. So May Bun, a creator on an affiliate on Twitch, she had posted in the user voice, which is like a suggestions for people to um, talk to Twitch developers and be like, hey, this is something that we need. And you're very familiar with this. I know you've posted in there. Yes, I have. Very successful um, yeah. very successful posts as well. Um, but the trans tag was like a really big one that got started by this uh, small creator, Maybun, who's a trans creator. She's great. Um, yeah, she and is. I didn't know about it until Mistress Fox 
was posting about it online and she was, you know, talking to me about it. And obviously it affects like every single trans person and even otherwise on the platform because yes, it does. Uh, creator tags are just so important for discoverability and finding people within your community. And when you're limited to just like a game and just like the game genres as like tags, you don't really get to like experience the creator. It's like, yeah, the game is a part yeah. of what you're streaming if that's what you're choosing to stream but also you're not just watching the gameplay you're watching the creator and, and the queer people yeah queer people tend to like find each other in like our spaces yeah. and we tend to conglomerate and that's like how we find our community so it was like really important for not just me but like every trans person that i was talking to for the most part really wanted this Trans tag, and I just happened to be close to uh, San Francisco, which is where Twitch headquarters was. And I just, you know, uh, Mistress Fox was like, I really wish that we could do something. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to show up with some signs, sit there all day. <laughs> and um, so I showed up, I made some signs, I got some acrylic paint from Michael's and some poster board. And I just like was painting all this stuff. And then I drive down to San Francisco for the day and I'm like sitting there early in the morning, just holding up a sign. It was literally just me and um, my friend Blunt Reaction <laughs> showed up and he ended up streaming the whole thing on Twitch as well. Um, and it was just me, Blunt Reaction, another friend, and then <clears throat> my dogs. <laughs> yes, I, I remember you, that was live streamed as well. I saw that. Yeah. I was involved. So we just sat there and we were holding up the signs, yelling and screaming for quite a few hours. And um, there was a lot of like employees that had came out and were talking to us. Um, but I, it kind of seemed like they were kind of annoyed with us, which good. <laughs> we should be kind of inconveniencing you because this is an inconvenience you guys are doing to us by not giving us the tags that we should have and did have before. Yeah, because we had user created tags before they changed mm. it to these weird tags. And so that was a them. yeah, they removed them for the basic, you know, pre filled in tags. <laughs> yeah, so then they did eventually after months of deliberation. Yes, they did we... eventually give us a trans tag, and they gave us three hundred fifty plus community yeah. tags but i think someone went through and it was like identity tags right and then uh somebody went through and they actually like found out that it wasn't actually 350 because a lot of them were like two of the same so it was more like 180 tags i i heard that as well i i never yeah. i never like fact checked that but i did hear that as well yeah i definitely didn't fact check it but i i seen some people on twitter talking about it but i mean at least it's a start um, it's so, kind of hard to get like a big corporation to do anything. <laughs> that's a very true. But that brings me back to like a really good question with most of the people that watch me on YouTube or know me on Twitter or Instagram, know me from my online identity and people that know you. A lot of people know me offline in like the city that I live in in Toronto. But online identity, I guess you can probably disagree, is so important for trans people and queer people because it's safe. Yeah, it's definitely safe. Um, definitely safe. I mean, being trans in in real life in public spaces can be really dangerous, and it's shown us that it could 
very well get us killed, which I I hate to like that talk is, about that and go that there, is but it's the ugly, it's real. scary, real part of our trans experience of trans community. One of the yeah. very first trans people that I ever heard of was Gwen Rujo, who had a very life taken from her, I think in like 2003. It was really sad. And that's Gosh, the that's... sad part. I don't want to like cry out this podcast. Um, <laughs> but like there is like a really dark part of the queer community that doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get shown. People just try to skirt it under the bed and be like, no, don't see it. It's not my business. But yeah. there is so much like value in online community an online identity. Yeah, did, it goes... Oops, sorry. I was going to say, did your online identity help you with your transition? So I started transitioning when I was 13, about 17 years ago. So it was oh, yes. kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not medically until about 18, I guess. Well, 17. So a while ago, but um, back then I just had MySpace. <laughs> yes and nice. um yeah myspace was kind of interesting time for me it was kind of like that shocking let's be yeah. seen kids and jeffree star-esque you know yes but yeah so it definitely helped give me like a little bit more comfortable online and then um once i started really transitioning i kind of deleted like all of my social medias and kind of lived off of line offline yes. for a long time because it just kind of becomes a lot um people say a lot of mean things and they will you know so i just wanted to kind of like live in the moment in real life um it wasn't just until recently i started going back online i created this mika beth persona just to kind of like feel a little bit safer online in a space and it's been really fun and that I think is really common in the trans community, having an alias. I use, I have had my legal name changed twice. I've talked about it on my YouTube channel. I've talked about it in the past. I think I've told you as well. And mm -hmm. having multiple, like, it can be a shield. It can be this playground for people to experiment with gender identity with also, like, I was so afraid when, I mean, I were similar ages. I started my transition when I was around the same age as you as well. I identified as a cross-dresser and like trans in high school. I didn't know more than that, but I didn't know there was more than that available because none of that was ever shown to me. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Matthew Shepard was still alive and people that don't know Matthew Shepard was another gay man that was murdered and at that point in my life I had not transitioned yet because I didn't feel safe to. I didn't want to be living with my parents to come out of my closet so like I made sure I was in university before I came out to a lot of people. I came out to some of my friends when I was in grade like seven eight nine but like I didn't come out to the world until like yeah. I was I was safe. And I feel like I had another point that I've already forgotten, but it's a good thing I have notes. <laughs> it's yes. a good thing I have notes. So that there Come is on, some, notes. So there is some structure between episodes so like people don't get lost and like distracted. 
<laughs> but like I know like with me choosing my identity, one of the reasons that I changed my name was not only for protection from me, but for my family as well. Because I didn't want prank calls to my parents or to my cousins who have the same last name as me. So I was like, let's just completely clean yeah. the table and like go back and be like, okay, okay. Brand Isn't it new. Scary? That like that's like kind of like the stuff that we have to do. Like if we're gonna start like an online presence and you know, get some sort of like popularity as a trans person, you get these people who are just so mean and so vindictive that will go out of their way to like not only harass you, but find the link between you and your family, take advantage of it, and then go talk to them and say mean things to them as well. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of people have a lot of free time. And I'm sad <laughs> that I really feel that society's failed a lot of those people because yeah they may they're clearly lacking something i'm really really blessed i can't say this for most people but i have a really supportive family my parents my sisters they've seen my youtube channel they've seen my transition and now like i've surgically transitioned like half a decade ago i talked about that on my youtube channel i legally transitioned yeah. a decade ago but i wanted to go back before like i keep going because i know we've had so many yeah, layers yeah, conversations <laughs> that you said that you started like a medical transition like out of high school and i yeah. do want to make that clear to people watching that you do not need to have a medical transition to be trans and i think absolutely a lot of people at various ages in their transitions need to understand that like some people can't medically transition because of other medical problems because access because of price and those people are still very much trans. Yes, there's no wrong or right way to be trans. No, 100%. Yeah. I just think that is like really important to drill into a lot of people. Yeah. Just because mm -hmm. Monica or I did uh, medically transition does not mean that you have to. It is perfectly valid to just be who you are and just feel the moment. And if you decide that that's not the route for you, then that is perfectly beautiful. And if you decide that that is the right route for you, then that's perfectly beautiful. And there are support systems for all different types of people going through all different journeys, which is amazing. Yes. Um, going back to things, so like you have now lived in two different states with your transition. Do you find there's a different pressure? Four states. Four Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's Four right. States. So let's yeah. introduce... So do you find... Is there any <laughs> part of the states that you think you'd be like, oh my god, this place is great for trans people with your experience or not? Great. So I would say probably uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco in California was probably the most accessible for trans people there was a lot of like resources to transition um, a lot of support groups a lot of everything and most people out there were very like kind-hearted and it was just kind of a part of the queer culture in San Francisco which was really wonderful um, the state that I lived in that was the least accommodating has to unfortunately be the state that I'm in right now, which is Hawaii. Finding trans healthcare here is kind of like pulling teeth. 
<laughs> I so if anybody in the comments knows any information about trans healthcare in the com please leave information in the comments and I will give a moment to say that after this podcast is live Mika will be in the comments reading replying to some of you and yes, so keep I'm going to create mind. a YouTube channel to do it <laughs> yeah so what do you do when you're on social media, like where could people find you? Um, so I have a very inactive Twitter and I also yes. have a very inactive Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Mika69Beth or at Mika69Beth. And then the same as my Twitter. And that's about all I use. <laughs> I will link that in my video description as well. And I am hey. super excited. I still have many, many, many more questions to go through and just to like hang yeah, out and me, vibe. So before <laughs> that, I started this podcast, like we, I do, because I do want to have a lot of the same like style for a lot of when I interview other people and trying to just go back and just like read some of the checklists that I wanted to have because I feel like different parts of the trans experience is really important to highlight. So when you, when you came out as trans, did you come out as anything else before that? Or did you just yes. transition? So it's kind of an interesting story. So when I was 12 to 13 years old, I definitely like, I was already dressing very like femininely for somebody who was assigned male at birth. I was very like, I was putting on makeup. I was fatua infatuated with it. Um, stereotypical women's clothing I was wearing and um, that was pretty interesting but I mean that was me like my whole life growing up um, so I never really had to come out as anything to my parents except for trans I remember dropping the word gay a couple of times you know when I was 12 13 years old but I officially came out as trans when I was 13 to my parents I didn't know what it was I just because um, I didn't have the word for transgender yet I just was saying, like, I'm a girl. I'm I'm a girl, you know? Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the word for transgender until, like, much, like, a few years later after, like, my parents had taken me, you know, to just kind of, like, figure everything out in my head in therapy. Not as, like, a bad way of being like, hey, like, there's something wrong with my child. <laughs> uh, she thinks she's a girl. Uh, we need to go to therapy. It was more, like, a supportive kind of, like, let's get you, you know, the help so you can talk about it. So finding, like, the kind of like professional person to help talk about that was really nice. And then that's where I learned the word transgender. And I was, like, really scared at first. But I was so lucky. I'm so lucky still to have, like, such amazing families and friends at that time that were always so kind about it. And, yeah. yeah. Do you think that... Trans people at some point should see therapy to talk to someone about their gender identity. I think everybody needs therapy. I, yeah, I do too. I feel like therapy is so point, invaluable. I think it's like a good point to check in at some point because yeah. as much as we can find on the internet, it's sometimes nice to have like a professional give you feedback because it could be something very much different than yeah. like what we even know because like when I was a kid like I was like I went through that androgynous phase as well and 
there was like it was very limited to like what like I was a very sheltered I grew up in a partially religious family like my mom went to church every Sunday she still does I was given the freedom that I did not have to go which was like really great for me and the, but it did like it was eye-opening that's definitely for sure Nice. Um, was any faith or like religion or like spirituality around like you as a kid or as an adult? Um, not so much. My family is like pretty much split half and half Jewish and Italian. Um, so my Jewish side of the family and my Italian side of the family both obviously coming from different like religious backgrounds. I mean, most Italian Americans are either Catholic or Christian and then obviously Judaism, Jewish. Um, but neither one of my families were really religious at all. Um, there was a period where maybe on my mom's side of the family, the Jewish side, we would maybe go to temple like a couple of times. Um, but that was only like to impress family members. Yes. None, none of us were like really like, None of us are really, like, religious in any sense. Um, I mean, I love religion. I think religion is so interesting. I think everybody mm -hmm. has, like, unique... I think every religion has, like, unique attributes to it, which is so cool. Um, my great-grandma, straight from Italy, she is very religious. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool for her. I think she, like, was Catholic and then chain like switched over to christianity at some point in her later years but that woman is 98 years old and still amazing that's Bless amazing those italian jeans yes <laughs> and that is actually i'm gonna interject on like think about clothing for just a second yeah so clothing for a trans person this is like a great interlude People have different body types, as you know. Like, you have skinny people, we have people with broad shoulders, we have people with, like, square bodies, with, like, skinny, top-heavy, triangular-shaped. And there are websites that you can find that help you find clothing for your body type. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. This is something... Is it really? I'll post this link in my Discord for people that are part of the community that want to learn more about that specifically. It's just something that I thought of. So, like, a lot of, like, trans people that struggle finding clothing. And one of the reasons you f struggle finding clothing is because you're not buying clothing for your body type. It's the same with doing makeup. Because makeup is, like, a lot of trans feminine and a lot of feminine people will wear makeup. And... There is complementing makeup techniques for different face shapes, like square-faced, heart-shaped, oval-faced, round face. So it's the same with eye shapes, it's the same with clothing. There's like complementing clothing for different body types. So that's often why I wear like v-necks because they complement my shoulders and balance off what I have. Yes. So that was just completely like random side effect. <laughs> I just go off on those tangents. No, I love it. No, I love it. I I didn't even know that there were websites that did that. So I am super excited because finding clothes to wear is when not fun. you <laughs> find clothing that fits your body type, you will stay for it and you'll notice every outfit you buy looks good. It's yes. 
I notice like a difference in my personality too and like my confidence. I'm like, it's over for you. Like everybody, I'm a new bitch now. And I'm like walking down the street. I'm like, so awesome, you know? <laughs> yes, I love that. That's like, that's so powerful. That is so powerful, which goes back to like <laughs> talking about religion. It's like the power is like the power in your clothing, power in your energy. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I kind of have like a small anecdote that I wanted to add. Is there anything that you find that like, really like boosts you up into that positive space because i know like some days it's just hard to exist yeah. it is um i think like for me the most important thing that anybody can have at least for me is um good friends people who make you feel confident whether that be like a, a special somebody in your life like a significant other or just like a friend that you can confide in that talks to you like when I'm having like a good day and I'm having like just great conversations with friends like I feel on top of the world that's um, really important to have people to talk to to like yeah has that so always if you even have just like one friend it's just like amazing you know yes so like when I was a kid like I always wanted everybody to know who I was, like me being like, I didn't want to necessarily be popular, but I wanted to be known. And so that if something, it's really, this is kind of, it's going to get dark, so the content warning, but if something bad ever happened to me, at least someone would be like, that's who that is. That's who that was. And like, I've used to value everybody knowing my name and... I realize doesn't matter how many people know your name or know who you are if you don't have friends. And one of the reasons I changed my name to Monica was because I really wanted to focus on having a handful of friends, a core group of people that I could say anything to rather than a plethora of people that really don't care about you. That are just like yeah. soul sucking, which is like, eh. but yeah, like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it is about trans experience. But have you noticed this? Sorry, I'm like kind of going on a no, tangent. No, that, okay. that is that's our experience. <laughs> so have you ever like noticed that like once you start transitioning, like in school, or I don't know if anybody else in who was watching this can relate to this as well but like when you're transitioning and you're in school people start to kind of like flock to you in like a weird way like did you yes. notice that and it's like always it always seemed really like disingenuous like i don't talk to like any of those people now i, I have like, them on my facebook page but i'm like i don't know who you are anymore <laughs> me i think like some of its people are curious to know who you are and your experience but i also think some of it is when you are trans, typically, like for like the average experience, I would say most people, we know who we are more than a lot of people the same age as us. And there is nothing wrong with that. But like, I also say trans people are the future. <laughs> but knowing who you are and knowing and being confident in who you are, I think threatens a lot of people. And... That's how I've always yeah. seen it, and me, it kind of, just thinking that has always kept me feeling safer. Yes. That's Which, good. like, 
it doesn't matter if I am don't look pretty or if I'm not happy, but like people can't take away who you are, regardless of the amount of bullying that people do. Like I feel like that's their goal is to try and take that away because secretly they're not happy with themselves. But like you can, so like it's fun to yeah. see people try. But it's like I mean, yeah, I mean I have to take that with like a positive, like a grain of salt, because if not, like I wouldn't be out of bed. I would have yeah. been like it's over. But like I also wouldn't be able to help people with if I was still in bed, and that wouldn't be yeah. good for anybody. I would be sad because I would be like, girl, get up. I want to play games with you tonight. <laughs> Which, yes. by the way, we haven't played games in forever. I know. So I'm the so people sorry. that are new, I, I, I do like to game. I've recently been gaming Fortnite and I have over 100 days of Fortnite gameplay in the last, in the last while. I, I do like to game. I'm not a pro player, but I do have fun. And I have thought about gaming live streaming on YouTube, but sometimes it's like, it's interesting. But I haven't also... seen you live stream on Twitch lately either. Mm -mm. I stopped streaming on Twitch about six months ago. I've still been very active in the community, but I found there's a lot more value in making YouTube videos and engaging in different communities on a smaller level. And even making YouTube videos, it's one video can help multiple people over, and they don't expire. YouTube has yeah. the most phenomenal discoverability for any social media platform. So that if someone's watching this video now or this podcast at 33 minutes in, you can be like, this affects someone in a positive way. And live streaming a content on like a video game is not going to reach as many people. It's not going to have the same impact. It's not going to help or uplift people. Yeah. And I don't care about the numbers, but I care about helping people and adding value. And sometimes live streaming doesn't give all of that value. I feel like live streaming is fun in the moment, but definitely like, especially with your videos and your content that you create on YouTube are is like so amazing because there's just a lot of like yeah. Q and A's and a lot of like experience and a lot of just like talking, which is amazing and it's beautiful. It's just wonderful content. I love it. I sit there and I watch it. I binge watch you and I forget like you're my friend. <laughs> and <laughs> like, it's Who like, is this girl? She's great. <laughs> YouTube is easy to consume content. Maybe not all videos are for everybody, but it's a lot easier to consume something that has immediate value in one segment that's three minutes, five minutes, two minutes, 15 seconds, that you want to find the answer to something. There's a video on it. You can't get that same value from live streaming, unless it's on that very specific niche thing. Yeah. Which is but, great. <laughs> which is great. Um, I do have a few more questions that I want to yeah. go through. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do have maybe Girl, like... I am loving this. <laughs> so like, one of the things that like I liked about like wanting to do a podcast is when you've seen my YouTube channel, everybody watching is on my YouTube or listening on Spotify, and you only see one side of my personality. 
And I think I can be like a really theatrical person, like really charismatic. But when I make videos one by one, like you don't see all the sides of my energy. And it's nice to be able to highlight that and like yeah. hold those things. So like, thank you for being here as well to be like, hold those buttons. <laughs> I'm like, I love being here. I do have a lot of... So when I started making my podcast, and if you haven't seen it, we do have a website, queerculture.com. I did a huge... like I have, And if you are interested in being a future guest or having Mika come back, leave me a comment. But I have an FAQ page that I've made as well. And like I'm now going through because I had some of my podcast questions on that page that I want to make sure that I don't miss. Um which is really important. And also, if yeah. you're new, I made my website this morning before I went live today. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I have a background programming website, so I have a website You out. amaze me. I don't know how you uh, do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so like, there's like a full website down. It's published, queerculture.com slash FAQ if you want to read the FAQ. This is the one that I sent you as well. You've seen most of that. So that looks the same. Is there, I do want to, I think I, we kind of glossed over some of these, but do you remember when you came out as trans, do you remember the first person you told or like how you told them? Or was that just like family or like a random person at an, I don't really remember, honestly. No, I think it was somebody online, like on MySpace, but I could yes. not remember who it was. It was so long ago. I feel like some of those moments for people are either like really like you remember that exact moment or you didn't care. And like, oh my God, it was on stickam.com. <laughs> yes. What a blast from the past. Yeah, I was on Stickam. I remember I was, it was like I was like live streaming or whatever, which is like my little dinky little uh, camera like, that camera. goes on top of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those little things that had like the quality of like an old movie, you know, from the 40s. <laughs> that 320 ping or like frame rate. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was on that is when I was doing that. So not MySpace, but Stickam. Okay. I, I, I used to Stickam back then as well. One of my future guests, someone, I'm not going to introduce them on this stream. It's going to be a spoiler for everybody listening. But one of my future guests I met on Stickam as well. So being in this great ecosystem, it's neat that we're now doing a podcast, a video podcast. And like you started, you came out, you had your first experience there. I've had many of mine there as well. That's really Full exciting. And like, I think for the like coming out for people, whether you come out as gay, queer, bi, trans, etc., I think that some people it's like really impacting, some people it's just like, no. Like, when I, so, when 
I remember, like, when I... There's a lot of the trans history that a lot of trans people, especially trans feminine people, make. A lot of our trans history comes from a lot of trans medicalist background, which those were the first people... I wonder if there's a correlation to, like, that in, like, tech. I don't know. But a lot of, like, my influence came from the internet and a lot of transmedicalist journals. And... I had... Now I'm trying to get to the point that I was trying to make. Oh, no. No, no, no. But a lot of, like... But a lot of those, I remember, so a lot of the people in those communities would tell you, what is the first date that you came out as trans? Like, you need to know that date. You need to know what date you started taking hormones. You need to know that date. And those dates are really important. And look, those dates are like bragging rights to people. And yeah. I didn't remember, like, I just, I did not care. And I was even manipulated in my mind to be like, coaxed into thinking that you need to care about something that's not really too impacting but like it makes a difference it, it didn't make a difference but like I was told that it was and so I was trying to make it make a difference but like I was trying to juggle something that I didn't understand I was like it's I don't care about these things like it's not a milestone for me but I guess it's important yeah. to some people but like I'm happy yeah yeah, I don't, I can't remember the specific days. I remember, like, my age range, you know? I remember the age that I was when I started hormones for the first time because it was this awful shot that I had to take. <laughs> I remember Ooh. having to do it often. I hated it. Um, I cannot yes. remember, like, the actual day. I think I was just, like, so happy just to, like, be myself. And it was, like, finally, like, a moment that kind of all the, like, technical stuff about it just kind of went out the window. I was just just happy to be me you know yes so i know that i don't know the date of mine i can find it because i remember what i was wearing on that day i was wearing this like black and white striped shirt and i had like a really awkward like i don't remember like the date that like i remember like the time that i was getting i know when i started my medical transition not my, like, social transition, because that had already started in, like, the MySpace era in, like, 2003, 2005, 2009. In 2009, I was full-time. And I lived alone, and I felt safe that I wasn't going to get bashed yeah. for existing. But I had told my doctor that I was trans, and I was like, I want to start, like, transitioning at like a different level so I wanted to see hormones and they didn't help me for two years like they're like and then I went to Toronto has amazing LGBT resources and I contacted one of those offices like these clinics to be like hi like what prescriptions do I need to take how and then like can you like write that down for me so I can give it to my family doctor and then I gave the prescription to the family doctor and, like, the phone number. And then my family doctor is like, no, they have to call me. I was like... And then, like, the next week... Like, I waited for two years to, like, see a specialist. And then I saw a new doctor that my best friend Jordan introduced me to, who I may have on a future episode. 
And within one day, I saw a doctor. They gave me hormones. They signed for my gender designation change and on my driver's license and birth certificate. And it basically just happened all at once. And I was wearing this like cute black and white shirt and orange oh, yes. sunglasses. So like that was like a long detour, but I was like, oh my God, yes. Like yes. that's what I remembered. Not that it was like August seventeenth, two thousand nine. Yeah. Gosh, the two year process. That's yeah. It was it was rough. But my doctor just like put me on read to be like they don't want to help me and I was just like, I'm sick of waiting. Like you have to take charge of your own life and like do you and like when people don't like call you back, like you have to make the moves. Like if not, yeah. it doesn't happen. Which I think is like so important. Yeah. Um, well, good for you for finally getting it taken care of. Yeah. Moment that was two years. Jesus, jeez, Louise. Yes, I feel like we've almost been on for almost. I feel like. Do you have another fifteen minutes? To, like go through the last set of questions. Girl, I'm all yours for the rest of the day if you need me. I don't want to like <laughs> take up too much of your time, but that's good to know. So You're like. Fabulous. Yes. So do you have any, like, I feel like going through your journey, your transition, living your life as like a person, like a free woman, do you have any, like something that like you firmly believe in like a philanthropy, like cause something that you like passionately care about? What I passionately care about is just being kind to other people. Like, that's just, I think, like, that's just my biggest thing, right? Like, I've been bullied. I've been picked on so much. And, I mean, this doesn't, you know, it's not cause and effect for me to be nice to people. You know, I'm not going to get bullied yeah. and then be nice to somebody because I'm bullied. I'm just... Yeah, 100%. I feel, like, I feel like just, I don't know, like, I want people to know that I care about them. And I really genuinely do. Like, there's not a lot of people that I, I don't care for. You know, there's 100%. a few people that I could live without, but I still in my heart care about them. And I just want to make it known that I care about them. And it it's hard because I kind of teeter on the line of like people pleaser too sometimes in the yes. process of that. But it's fine. You know, I want to just like manifest, it might sound corny saying like, you know, manifest and karma yeah. and stuff, but I don't I do it for it. very real. Yeah. You know, I don't do it for any, like, selfish reasons. I don't treat people nice because I want to be treated nice. I just do it because it makes me feel good in my heart to, like, make other people happy. Um, and I like making people happy. I like seeing people smile. And, you know, even if I'm, I you find me often, like, just out in my daily life, just being a freaking goofball. Like, making, like, the weirdest faces and just saying the weirdest things or, you know, yeah. tripping, all this stuff. And as long as people are laughing, like, I, even if it's that... at my expense, it's it's nice you know laughter i think is so helpful and it's so valuable and like smiling at strangers like i think it's contagious like it can stop a negative circle from happening because like, a negative and spiral it's nice and i think that's why i'm like so perfectly fit for customer service i don't know if it's just like my brain is like wired that way but i'm able to talk to people you know in real time and get a feeling for who they are and 
it's fun and I love it. I'm a bartender right now. And that's a very far away field from what I started. And I went to school to be something completely different <laughs> in the mental health field. And I spent like, you know, a good five years in that and switched over to bartending just because it's so much fun. You get to just like have a blast with people all night long. Um, it's great. Yeah, I... I think I'm on like over 2,000 days alcohol-free, but I have been a very frequent as part of my queer experience. Like I grew up going clubbing and where I live in Canada, the legal drinking age here in most of Canada is 19. So like fresh from high school, I was going to the bars five, seven nights a week. And like I was fortunate that I lived in a city with the gay bars and I think we had like three gay bars in my university. And some of those experiences that like happened when I was 19 like I still remember and I will say this to people that drink in the audience or that are listening be friends with your bartender <laughs> I, could, care of you. <laughs> I, I, I can't say more than that but being friends with your bartenders I always recommend on like a deeper level yeah, like I've gone clubbing I've gone traveling with some of like some of my friends that have bartended and work in that industry. And also, sorry, just to interject about let's keep being friends to your with your bartender. Listen to us when we say <laughs> no more. Don't be upset. All right. We're looking out for you. Take the water, mm. take the coffee. It's on the house. We'll give you the water and the coffee on the house, however you want it made, all right. But just please, no more alcohol. <laughs> yes, like that's like safety is so important because yes. that get, that always leads back to some of the darker aspects of the queer community. But and like, also, congratulations on two thousand days alcohol free. Yes, thank you. Yay. I hit that. I think I hit that just before Christmas, and I would. I think yeah. it was. It was just before Christmas. I was so excited. I used to go clubbing. Like, when I stopped clubbing, I was drinking. Like, I used to drink, and then I was just like, okay, like, I cannot. My body is not 19 anymore. Like, these hangovers that I'm getting, they last for, like, a very long time. So I was like, okay, like, I need to slow it down. And, like, I don't have an addictive personality, so, like, it was very easy. I just, like, stopped just like that. Like, good for me, right? But... Then, like, I was also able to, like, fast-track my transition because the extra money that I wasn't spending at the bar or in transit to go to the bar went towards surgery and name change and passport and flying to Thailand and rent and moving and computer and upgrading, like, every aspect of my life. But I still, before the pandemic, I was still going to the bar, just not drinking alcohol. And that's always fun, but less and less. I love that. She's like, I'll, I'll have a Sprite, please. Yes. <laughs> Which is I always fun. Which is like, it's yeah. good because like, I do think like a lot of addiction is like really like a dark part of our community. And like queer people, trans people, like you fight, like especially people that have been like rejected from their families for coming out. And I have seen this, like, in my own experience, is, like, the alcoholism that, like, runs rapid. And there are a lot of people that go out to bars that don't drink. And I think that 
is not always like highlighted in our community. Yeah, I love it. I love when people show up to the bar and they're, I'll have a soda water with a little bit of lime, please. I'm like, yes, ma'am. We're just a water. You know, I love that. I love I lo- people. Who- I love the party. And like, hopefully those yeah. people still tip if they do tip. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's really important. Like, yeah, I think I, like, it's really good. Yeah, Thank I you. barely drink. So it's nice. Like, I'll have maybe like one drink here and there. But I, there's been a couple of times this past year where I've gotten a little drunk. But I definitely drink maybe once a month so i get it i love hang i love drunk people i yes. love they're so weird they're so wild and it's it so it much exciting. fun just being sober yeah <laughs> um is there i just like kind of like evolve the conversation but like as part of your transition is there any life hack that you wish you had known when you were coming out or that you could share with someone that may be finding themselves yeah biggest life hack that I've ever learned was to stop doing things for other people in regards to who you are. I would wear certain things because other people wanted me to, or partners that I had wanted me to look a certain way. And I didn't think that I had like autonomy over my own body because I was, you know, just so new to it, still trying to do that. And I would just, do things to please other people instead of doing things to make myself feel comfortable and happy in myself. And I really wish that I could go back and tell myself, girl, no, (laughs) don't do that. So biggest life hack, do this for you. Do you for you. That's like the biggest life hack. And it's so easier said than done, but I'm telling you, it's going to be like the best thing. There's no like hack for anything else except for that. Just, (laughs) Please yourself first. Love yourself as best as you can. I was coming out when I was finding myself, when I was in grade seven, I remember people were bullying me and calling me gay. And it was a miserable experience. And at that point, I didn't even know what the word meant. So like I was at home, like I was in the school library looking up what gay meant in the dictionary. I did not know what it meant. And, like, these yeah. people were bullying me, telling me something about myself. So, like, I came out as gay before I knew who I was, before I could, like, even, like, discover myself. And I was just, like, people, like, that bullying energy that, like, they gave me, like, I took that too deep and I didn't get to discover myself and, like, championship, like, fight for me, advocate for my own self, because I didn't know, like, I was just like, maybe it's a little bit deeper than that, and when I had, like, the space to fully experiment and, like, explore myself, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Like, so this is why I'm wearing eyeliner and lipstick and (laughs) styling my hair a little bit more, like, maybe there's, like, a little bit something deeper than just being, like, I wasn't gay at that point. I was just like, oh, like, that makes a lot more sense to me. She's like, oh. instead of being gay, I'm just going to be an ethereal goddess. And here she is. Yes, here she <laughs> is. Thank you. 
Uh, you're naturally that... beautiful. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm wearing a filter right now. Full transparency. I have a filter on because I just woke up not that long ago. <laughs> yes. Good morning. Good morning, bestie. Are there uh, any life hacks that you have? Life hacks for me at this point. I think it's really researching everything and researching everything because like when I started my transition, my like self exploring, there wasn't a book on it. There weren't YouTube videos. There weren't podcasts on adulting. So like we wrote them and now it's research everything, like advocate for yourself and take charge of your life. Like that sounds like super easy, but like, especially like if you have like complicated medical history, make sure you're the one following up with your appointments, you calling your doctors, you checking in, you calling, like if you're doing a name change or like prescription, like you being on top of everything that you need to do to succeed because nobody else is going to help you. No one's going to be signing your name on those pieces of paper. No one's going to be mailing those documents for you. Like, you have to do you 500% because nobody else will be. Like, I can help. Someone else can help you. But, like, if you can't get out of bed, like, there's no one there to be able to help you. And, like, yeah. like you have to advocate for yourself. Like, always, always, always. And that is yeah. so important. Like, that's like a heavy conversation. <laughs> it's like, that's like our true, like that to me is my life hack though. Like you take control of yourself, like stuff gets done, like. But it's so real. It's heavy, but it's real. Like, I changed my name and gender identity and designation like more than a decade ago. And then when I changed my name the second time within, I think three months, I had changed all of my documents over like instantly, like when I had my new name changed because I'd already gone through the processes, like new driver's license, new health card, new health insurance, new passport, new transcripts, new things. I had to like get insurance to do my, because I had my yeah. names changed on my prescriptions. Like I had to go through those paperwork, update this, update this, update this, update this, update my blockbuster card. And it was like, Three months, everything You're was so done. on top of stuff. <laughs> like nobody else is going to do it for me, and like it's easy to get lost in the system if you don't advocate for yourself, if you don't fight for you, because if not, people don't remember who you are. You're just a number, and it, yeah. oof, it's it's an ugly reality. But the work that we're doing, that we did, because like when you started your transition, like. I'm sure, like, you probably got lost in paperwork at some point, like... Absolutely. But now I mean, there's a lot of systems to prevent that from happening. Yeah. I mean, I still have one pharmacy that still dead names me. Oh, no. <laughs> I've tried. I've given them the paperwork. But, you know, at this point, I'm like, I don't even care. <laughs> oh, and choose your struggles. Choose your fights. Because, yeah. like, not every <laughs> argument you have is worth, like... You don't need to choose, pick your battles, I think is like another life hack is like, 
that like pharmacist for you or that taxi driver that misgenders me, I'm not gonna let ruin my day because yeah, you don't win every argument. It's kind of comedic too, like <laughs> when yes. I show up and like my. I'm like giving them like, you know, all my personal information to get this prescription filled at this one pharmacy that I like never go to. And then I show up there to get a prescription because it was the closest one to me at the point, you know, and it has my old name yes. and it's been like 10 years and it's hilarious. I loved it. I almost wanted to like take the label and like frame it. <laughs> yeah. So I it will so go funny. back. So like the people that are watching that may not know this part of the trans experience, dead naming is when you name a trans person their birth name or anything other than their name that they use now. And I will not say it is a preferred name. It is their name. It is their chosen their name. name or a legal name, their name, chosen name. It is not preferred because choosing someone's name is not a preference. Like you don't get the option. It's, yeah, it's, it's in their name, like, that's all. It's not that's... like, oh, you could, this is preferred, but you could do this. It's like, no, that's not the energy here. It's like, the energy I is, this is their name, these are their pronouns, use Here in. Yes. I just realized I forgot to switch the camera back, like, five minutes ago, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, We love it. <laughs> yeah, so, like, choosing, like, choosing those struggles... Is I think like another one that's like fighting for yourself and choosing your struggles or like life hacks that like need to really be deep rooted in transitions and like your yeah. karma is like how you treat other people, their karma is how like they treat other people and like Exactly. Yes. Just kind of live life with a mindset of just being kind to other people. Help other people if you can, when you can, you know? It feels good to help other people. I don't understand these like mean spirited people. I can't yes. get into that mentality to even justify it. There's a lot of people who are, you know, oh, they're going through stuff, which is obviously true. Yeah. But I cannot, I, you know, I always go through stuff too. Everybody that I know has gone through like really hard things, heavy yeah. stuff. And most everybody that I know is still really kind. So, you know, I, I would say just try. <laughs> I I had a really interesting question. So when I was starting my podcast, like I did a lot of research and I also googled like aspects of a podcast to be like what are like top podcast questions that you'd want to ask other people? I pulled people from my Patreon. So it, also I am like financing my podcast through my Patreon. So if you like my content, please and want to support me a little bit more, join my Patreon, link is in the description. But I had one question specifically that's like I thought was really good. What is a question specific to your occupation that you wish more people knew? Or I'll rephrase it. What is one thing you wish more people knew about your job? More people knew about my job? Yes. Oh. Oh, I feel like I should know this because I think about it all the time. Um... <laughs> I wish people I wish kind of I wish people knew how hard it was a lot of people I think think it's a lot of like fun and it's such like an easy job to be a bartender um it is not <laughs> it is hard work you're on your feet you're running around I wish people knew that a little bit more and cared a little bit <laughs> yeah that I think is really important like your I'm industry just is <laughs> Our industry is like I also like 
it's mentally challenging, I think. Mm. As well as I call physically. it the customer service demon. Yes. Because I'll be having like a bad day and, you know, I'm just not in the mood, but I go out and I get into like behind my little bar. It's a nice little square bar. I'm like in my safety box is what I call it. And then there's the big view of the ocean. It's gorgeous. But I get in there and as soon as somebody walks up to that bar, hey, how's it going, friend? You know, I always call everybody friend. It's <laughs> Hey, friend. I think that's like a really hey, like positive, uplifting way to like really communicate with people too. Yeah. It's like... I always I'm use sure. friends, babes, and hey, gorgeous. Hi, gorgeous. <laughs> Speaking I of gorgeous, it. do you have any favorite models or like role models or influencers? Influencers? Mm. Yes. Role models. Are like anyone that's made like an impact on you, your experience, your history? History? Um. Not so, I mean, okay, there's a couple of people that I have in mind. Um, Banks, Jillian Banks, she is a singer-songwriter. She's amazing. Um, I love her. Her personality is really just, like, adorable. She's got this, like, juxtaposition of just, like, kindness, cuteness, and darkness that is so calling to me. Um, I have I like playing the piano. I write music. So a lot of my artists or a lot of my like role models are going to be like musically inclined. <laughs> and for people that don't know this, Mika is sitting in front of a keyboard in the background of their setup. Yes. Very beautiful. <laughs> yes. Thanks, yes. It's not as uh, appetizing as it used to be. This is a repurposed children's room. When I bought this house, I haven't had a chance to really fix it up yet so you'll see my little friends my little princess very very cute walk. i'll go to the uh, zoom in i didn't have i need to zoom in on that camera you, yes. you want me to zoom in yeah, yeah. yeah i can i can zoom in i have it set up okay. Here we go. gorgeous yes oh that's so cute that's actually that me and monica so out on the wall right there yes queen <laughs> yes um Sorry, I dropped my microphone. Um, oh, that's fine. I didn't hear any. If I lose all of my viewers, we know why. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'll pick it up to you. Is there, for people that are, like, coming out as trans or queer or gay, like, in the spectrum of queer, um, is there, do you have any advice to those people that are finding themselves and loving themselves more i would just say keep on it you know you might get discouraged because people are dicks but yeah. just like mm -hmm. keep on it and just keep being you and just apologetically that is so yeah. important even if you have to fake it like that saying fake it till you make it i used to hate it so i was like that's so stupid like, how is that even going to make a difference? But honestly, like, sometimes taking it, like, you know, your baseline might be at a three, you know, just walking around daily life. Like, you're not naturally animated. Like, nobody is, you know? Mm -hmm. But take it up to a 10. Just be yourself times 20. And just loving it, you know? Make mistakes. It's fun to make mistakes because you learn from them. That's so love important. That. I, like, that's something that I struggled with, too, is having people not know 
And I think one of the reasons I try to be as authentic as I can is because people, I want people to know the real me and like 500% me and not like a knockoff version of myself because I don't feel like I have value for people. Yeah. I think that is so important. I mean, girl, I love you. You're iconic. You're gorgeous. You're wonderful. I'm so glad that I got to know you. I'm blessed all of the above. I love it. You're wonderful. So thank you for allowing me to know you. Yeah, thank you. I feel like we have a few more questions before I wrap up this podcast. But I do have... Do you have any, because I'll get into, so like my background is in makeup, as you may know, and I may, I did have like, I had, I think in the future, I'd love to have you back, maybe if you have the time and want to, to do a get ready, to do a get ready with me makeup podcast episode to like, talk a little bit more, pick a little more questions, especially people have them like, in the comments to be like, are there other parts that you want to know about or like did we forget to answer follow up on something but i do think that like makeup is part of like my essence and do you have any tips or life hacks in the makeup industry that you wanted to share specifically with like hair and makeup okay so hair i'm pretty bad at um <laughs> but makeup i used to be a makeup artist at mac for a couple of years that was a lot of fun makeup is was big in my life as well. I would say, honestly, use whatever the hell you want to use on your face. You know, I used to think that this certain product was only for this one specific thing, but mm-hmm. just play with it. Like there's been times like even recently that I started using like eyeshadows as like a blush or a bronzer just because it looks better, you know? Yes. It's fun. Makeup is fun. <laughs> and I... That, I think, is something... Well, we are here and asking the same question. I have the same answer. So, for me, is my one... I have, like, two points. Good tools. Like, if you have a good makeup brush, that goes a long way. And, like, you can get a good makeup brush at the dollar store, and you can get a good makeup brush at, like, Sephora Mag, and you can get, like, like, a good brush goes a long way. And like, secondly, foiling your makeup products. And what foiling is for people that don't know is if you take a liquid makeup brush and like you get it wet and then you put on the product wet. So like you can foil highlighter, you can foil eyeshadow. Foiling makeup gives it so much intensity. And that's something that I really like is because like my highlight it glows and that's something that i really love it's really playing into that ethereal goddess yes (laughs) and i feel like some of like so much of like when i came out like one of my like very first halloweens i dressed up as like paris and nicole my best friend dressed up as paris hilton i dressed up as nicole Ritchie. we had a makeup artists do her makeup and like they had like a huge background in like the entertainment industry they traveled for it and i've always liked a theatrical element of makeup that's kind of a little bit campy kind of a little bit drag kind of a little bit like 
over the top, but still like natural. That makes sense. And that's something that like, yeah. so having that extra intensity for my products is just something that Absolutely. people should don't shy away from it. Don't be afraid to be extra. Yes. Ooh, and this also, is... don't pay attention to those YouTubers. Sorry, YouTubers. You guys do amazing work. You really do, if you guys are listening. But um, your makeup does not look like that unless you're in front of a camera. <laughs> All skin has texture. And don't be afraid to like not look like a plastic Barbie doll. Like when you're Period. in sun or fluorescent lighting. Just know that. Like nobody looks like that. 100%. It's the cameras. Camera, camera and lighting, lighting. Does things. My lighting does an insane amount of it changes exactly it changes what I look like because of the lighting. Um yeah. and just so, know that I do have a skin filter on, so and it doesn't really look like it. So I would just say, yeah. Be careful of these YouTubers. They're talented. So, they are. They wouldn't be where they were if they weren't, but one of people that I would love to have on my podcast. I will not say their name because I don't want to dox personal conversations with them. But I was talking to them and like the trans community is very small. And a lot of trans people know a lot of trans people. Like the trans degrees of separation is so small especially if you have more than 200 followers on twitter like if you know someone you know a lot of people and you even know you met someone that lives in toronto at rupaul's drycon i think six years ago that i know but we're both yeah mutual friend yes (laughs) but I'm not going to dox them either, but one of my, like, trans friends I was talking to at, like, 5 a.m. two weeks ago, and I asked them this question. It's like, what do you wish you could do when the pandemic, like, what is your post-pandemic ambition? And... The question didn't land how I wanted it to. And they really gave me a lot of perspective in that you don't need to wait for the pandemic is over to do things. Like there's a lot you can still do that is still very much valid online right now. Like just because you can't see someone in person doesn't stop them from seeing you like right now. And that really like it hit me really hard so like i slept on it and that's basically the next morning i was like i'm going to do this podcast like this is happening i'm doing it and then i literally i wrote down like a hundred questions like my interview questions i set up like a template for a website and now have my website is live I've started doing a merch store. I've started a Discord. I filmed my YouTube video announcing my podcast. Like, it just happened, like, within 24 hours. It's like, this is everything that I've ever wanted to do. Like, I want to build a community. I want to share my experiences. Like, I've been, like, I've done a lot of stuff. Like, why can't I share this? Why can't I help people? But then I can also be, like, not just flexing, but, like, 
I have a voice, but like I can also help other people. I can share other people's voices because that's really fascinating for me. And I see so much value in sharing stories, listening to stories, and being able to share those stories with other people because your experience like helps people. And so like my post-pandemic ambitions, the question that I wanted to ask, I guess it's not really like it's just like it's real life now. Like you don't really yeah. need to wait for the pandemic to be over to do like I'd love to travel, but like I mean I'm not gonna encourage traveling during the pandemic, but like outside of like outside of like those like is there anything that you do wanna do in your future? I mean, besides traveling, there's not really a lot. I mean I'd love to like Honestly, I'd love to have, like, a lot of my friends, like, with me, but I can only handle, like, one or two people at a time. <laughs> oh, same. So, I'm very the same. Like, small small doses. It's yeah, really great. but I would love to have, like, just to see my friends in person, to give them a hug. That's, like, my post-pandemic post, uh, aspirations. Yeah. Um, besides traveling. I mean, I love going around, but... She gets around. <laughs> Whoa, yes. Okay, I think I have three more questions before this podcast is over. Yeah. So, like, I'm super excited that we've gone this far. I'm so excited that you, I still am above the moon that you used to have me on as your first guest. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy that you're also, like, available at our time zones. Like, five-hour time zones is, like, it's a lot to navigate. Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like I'm, we made it work and I'm so happy like if people are interested in being on my podcast like I do try to schedule my podcast between Monday to Friday but like if people do live in extreme time zones like Australia, New Zealand, Hawaii I do have some flexibility for that yeah. because I would love to interview not just trans people but like queer people as well and like more like other parts of our community but like one of my next questions would be who would you like to see on my podcast oh i would love to see nikki tutorials i wish <laughs> i could uh, i will i could send her a dm yes I'll, <laughs> you never I'll know yeah she's incredible i love her makeup ability holy moly and then she's mm. just generally just like a sweet wonderful person but from beautiful. what i can see on yeah, I would I, love for you to have her on your podcast. I do have Nikki Tutorials was half the reason my YouTube channel got monetized, actually. Oh, so when I done, my, I've had my YouTube channel now for, I think, three or four years. I started it when I started documenting my transition and then I did a I guess like your reaction to Nikki coming out as trans. And I feel like honestly, in hindsight, this was probably even really poor taste to do. So I may have made that video private, but I did not mm. know that they were of trans experience and that does not define who they are as a person. Like they're so much bigger than that. And they got so much success without their identity. And I think that is like, it's very admirable. Yeah. Like, you don't need to, but, like, I think that's, like, really cool that they were able to do that. Yeah, and... it's it's sad that they had to get out of that way. But mm. honestly, it's, like, 
good for her for being able to be a trans woman and like not have it be like the center of a conversation like while she's just doing what she has to do because oftentimes like when people know who you are and they know that you're trans your transgender walks into the room before you even do yeah 100 percent. and like i can like we can talk about this for like a few minutes too like when i used to like hang out with people or have a go to a friend's place like there used to always be a, you know, they're trans, right? Like, people used to have to give a warning before you showed up to people's houses or to, like, venues to be like, are you okay? And, like, you had to also know, like, is it safe for me to be in this space? Because, like, and that's not even, like, 15, 20 years ago. Like, that's even, like, five years ago, three years ago. But that still happens. And, like, I'm assuming in some red state, it's probably still the same. Yeah. Even, I'm sure, anywhere. It probably still happens, just depending on the group of people. Yeah, which is so... I want to move past that for future generations. Yeah, I don't know why we're so taboo. I'm literally just, like, buying clothes and (laughs) grocery shopping. Like, I'm really nothing special. (laughs) I think extremely special. And I feel like this will probably be my last question. And I will okay. announce before all of Mika's socials will be in my video description or of my podcast. And there will be a link to my podcast on my website, queercultured.com. And that's cultured with an ED at the end, just so like people know. But I guess my last question would be, what do you want people to know you for? Like your legacy to be, I guess this is for like a beautiful question. It is such a, it's such a big question too. <laughs> I want people to know me for being kind, being nice to people. Just I want them to be like, that's that girl who's really nice. <laughs> yes, I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, I try really hard to be nice. You know, I I, I don't I don't say I, like I try super hard to be nice, but like if I'm ever like in a bad space in my head like I definitely like have to work to like make sure that I'm a kinder person than I perceive myself in that moment um I feel like everyone should do that too because you know not everyone's inherently you know in a good chipper mood but it's it's important I just want to make sure that like when I leave behind you know after you know I pass away which inevitably everyone will but you know Um, I just want to make sure that, like, I am known for just always being good to people, always being kind, and yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the most important thing to me. Thank you. What about you? What do I want (laughs) to be? Can't get rid of me yet. Hold on. (laughs) Yes. No, absolutely not. No, I think (laughs) I just want to be known for helping people and that is really trying to make a change and a positive impact and like a difference in other people's lives. And like that also knowing that like, it's not easy. I wish it was easy, but the change that you want, like you have to fight for. And I guess that ties back to like the advocacy, the education, which is what my YouTube channel I try to be about. Like I have fun, but like I do want there to be like something that you can take from what I do, my voice, my experience, queer culture, like all of that. Queerculture.com. Yeah, I want to be able to, like, I want people to remember me for, like, helping people 
giving value to something, educating, and like that. I think, I think that's pretty much. It, I think, and I think you're doing a wonderful job. Yes, thank you so much. And yeah. I think, oops, on, on, I went to the wrong screen. But I think on this note, <laughs> I'm going to end my podcast. Thank you so much, Mika, for being here. And thank you so much for having me. Yes. And if you have any questions for Mika, leave them in the comments below. You can find her socials in the description. And this video is also available on podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. And I want to thank all of our Patreons for supporting this podcast. And if you want to become a sponsor, link is in the description. Thank you. And I will see you next week. Bye for now.